<laughs> Starting with a laugh. Oh yeah, I just made yeah. my little uh, ritual stretch the back out. You yeah, know, get loose, get ready. To I record. feel like I should be stretching too. Now I suddenly yeah. feel very tight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, should it's, we do it's, some scales? It's going to be an intense conversation. Yeah. So yeah, I hope ready. I cry. I mean, we will probably multiple. I hope times. I make you cry. Actually, I hope that the tears yeah. come through uh, the audio. You yeah. Know, since there's no video, but yeah. Um, well, so, my yeah. cry sounds a lot like a laugh. Oh, so okay. we'll find I may have already cried. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just get like right up in the microphone for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, cool. So we are recording our third episode of Memory Tracks. And uh, I've got another guest in this week from L.A. So, so far, L.A. is winning. We've got one Austinite Ooh. and two Los Angeles people. I think that means you have to move to L.A. It could be. It could be a calling. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind, honestly. It's a like, sign. It's a great city. Uh, could be. Them. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that one later for sure. <laughs> Um, so I've got Margaret uh, Kaminsky here as a guest um, and really excited to have her on and kind of hear her songs. She's struggled to pick three. Yeah, it's been a real existential crisis. <laughs> Which I, is great. I mean, yeah. that's that's the way it should be. You know, it should be a challenge. Um, you know, I obviously preface with the, uh, the feeling of like, hey, it's just three songs. This isn't going to represent you and people listening out there that are like, I don't know who Margaret Kaminsky is, but now I know because she picked these three. I think you're probably going to cheat a little and make mention of a few other 100%. I have every intention of cheating. And that's fine. I won't cut you off uh, for that because I know you've got good things to say. I'm doing my Oscar speech I love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah, there's no hook. That's awesome. Um, So this week we're also going to try something new. I'm going to attempt to masterfully mix in some of the songs and play through them. I keep debating, like, do I want to play the full song um, and then cut in, cut out, or do I want to cut it? Um, I think for this week, because uh, I'm not as familiar with all of these songs as I would like to be, then we'll probably just listen to the full song. So listeners, beware. Let me know if you like that or if you prefer to do a little two-minute preview for future stuff. But we'll try both. We'll I personally goes. love the plan of listening to the whole song because a lot of these I haven't heard in a really long time. And I listened to one of them this morning, and I like I wept a little bit. That's good. I okay. make myself sound like a very sad person. You're a very emotional I'm, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would good. agree with that. I also would say that I'm very happy, and I think that I'm happy because I weep so frequently. Okay, I think well, it's we'll good to just that. let it yeah. out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, cool. So the first song. Oh, shoot. I hope I, I hope I remembered. I just did that thing where I was like, oh, I'm recording. Should I not cuss? I was about to say, oh, shit, uh, which I have cussed Can in we? this podcast. Yeah, we could totally cuss. You could do okay. whatever you want to do. You know, All I mean, right. obviously. Good, because uh, I chose that Blink-182 song cross, that's just, oh, yeah. you know, that song's like, Shit, Damn piss, it, fuck, cock, uh, cock, suck, yeah. butt, fuck, tits, far, turn, and twat. <laughs> so good. A classic. So good. Um, oh, I wish I could man, that. Damn yeah. it. In now I feel like state, such a every square. single song, right? Okay. Um, by the way, which is your favorite Blink-182 album? Oh, wow. Um, the 11-year-old in me wants to say Dude Ranch because I feel like oh, yeah, yeah, I was OG. trained uh-huh. to say Dude Ranch. Yeah. That's but I think answer. I actually loved, I mean, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was the first album Underrated. that I really heard. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Didn't understand the pun. I think it was like this year that I understood the pun. Yeah. And I just remember my dad being like, just say it like slowly. And I was like 11 year old girl. And I was like, take off your pants and jacket, take off your pants and jacket. And I was like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Love it. Um, so finally got it. But uh, going back though, is that still your favorite because of that? Um, I loved that album, but I think, I mean, Enema of the State, I loved so many of the songs on that. And then on Cheshire Cat, there oh. were a few songs that like really, really got to me. Like I think, I think Eminem's is on that one, mm-hmm. and like yep. 
Rebecca and something. And I just remember like being at camp and like listening to those songs on my Sony Walkman and just like yeah. crying again. Apparently I spent a lot of my life crying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they really, they touched me a lot. Wow. See, look at that. I let you cheat already without even requesting it, but I had a feeling. I know. And I'm just, I get to show off how much I remember about Blink-182 from my youth. Totally. All right. Well, so I'm going to, like I said, this is the first time I'm doing this, so I apologize if it doesn't come off like it should. You know what? Fuck the haters. But um, we're going to start by playing the first song, which is from The Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, That's shit. not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And I just peeked with my laugh right into the microphone. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Maybe Blow we'll out the edit whole that out, or maybe we'll make you suffer through that. Okay, so let's see if we can figure this out. We're going to go Romeo and Juliet. I wonder if anyone else can hear my jacket. Yeah, it's not too bad, though. Okay. I don't mind it. All right, so this is Romeo and Juliet, Dire Straits. Talks like the talk on the TV. 
And I can't do a love song Like the way it's meant to be I can't do everything But I'll do anything for you Can't do anything except be in love with you And all I do is miss you And the way we used to be All I do is keep the beat Bad company And all I do is kiss you Through the bars of a rhyme Julie, I do the stars with you Anytime Now, Julie, when we made love You used to cry You said, I love you like the stars above I love you till I die was Romeo and Juliet from the Dire Straits. <laughs> Thank you, Elvis Duran. <laughs> totally. Uh, that's a jammer, man. That was so soothing. Yeah. Oh, God. I love that song. It just, it's such a treat every time to get to listen to it. It's like, it really takes me back. And so I'm sure you would have mentioned this if I didn't say anything, but when you asked me to do this podcast and you said, you know, pick three songs that had a huge influence on you, this is like the first song I thought of. No questions. And it's weird because I was saying earlier, like, I would consider my taste in music to be very, like, a little punkier, a little more like, like, emo goes to college kind of sound. And this is so not that. But this song was, like, very influential yeah. in my in my life. Yeah, when you, that was, I think it was the first one you texted and I was yeah. like, huh, that was someone I would have pegged you for, but okay. Yeah. What is, like, six pistols? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought about including, like, some Limp Bizkit or something. Because oh, that I Limp Bizkit was very influential, but we not... We probably wouldn't have listened to that. Yeah. No, no, I honestly, I don't remember. I think, like, the, a true telling part of it is that, like, I loved Limp Bizkit. Like, I loved we Fred all, Durst. We all did. Yeah. 
no, I was like in love with him. I used to like email with his mom or someone who was pretending <laughs> to be his mom when I was like 11 mm. and the internet was new. But um, I loved Limp Bizkit, and then I was like, I can't think of one Limp Bizkit song, which is embarrassing. Break stuff. Yeah, or uh, like my Nikki. way. Yeah. Well, anyway, I can't think of one song that like song. I would enjoy listening to today. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Whereas this song, Romeo and Juliet, it's like, damn, what a treat, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just six I minutes. I think it's probably <laughs> the first time that Dire Straits has ever been compared to Limp Bizkit uh, in relational yeah. relevance. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you picked Dire Straits as the winner. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, walk me through um, this song and what it means to you. Yeah, so this song... Um, so... This song, I think, has the most memories tied to it for me and, like, very personal memories. Not in terms... They're not, like, sad or anything. It's just um, so much of music, I feel like, is social and is, like, where I was with other people. And this mm -hmm. song was really personal to me. And that... Um, so the first time I ever heard it, um, obviously, was in Empire Records. Yeah. And there was this part of my life, like, freshman year of high school... Um, where I had this big crush on a boy and like when you're in high school, every crush you have is like life or death. Yeah. Like every time you every see your crush in the hallway is, is like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you'll change your path like to chemistry <laughs> class just so that you can like catch a glimpse and the story will develop and it never does. But so yeah, I was in love with the boy and um, he said something really mean to me over AIM. This is so embarrassing. Um, but so he said something really mean over AIM AIM, where he was like, okay, you called it AIM. Yeah, like, I called it AIM. I don't know if that. Okay, okay, I don't know. Yeah. Some people called it AIM. Um, but so we, he was like a grade above me, and I used to go to all their parties. And then like one time, someone had a party, and growing up in New York City, people would be like, "Free crib, free crib this weekend." So someone had a free crib, and I wasn't like expressly invited, and I remember being sort of like ticked off about it. And he was like, "You can't just expect people to invite you. Like they don't care. Like." Like, whatever. Like, nobody cares if you're there. Like, nobody cares if anybody's there. And That's horrible. Yeah, but I, th but I think, you know, to some degree, that's, like, very true. It's, like, especially when you're in high school, you're concerned. Your main concern is if you are invited. Yeah. You're not like, oh, let me make sure that all my other friends yeah. are invited, too. Like, um, so I don't, I, you know, obviously, I took it horribly because I was, like, 15 and in love. Right. Um, but I don't think it was actually that bad. Uh, but then... It was actually great for me because then I was like, all right, fuck it. If people don't expressly invite me to these like parties anymore, I'm just not going to go. So I'm just going to assume that I have all this time to myself and I'll do whatever. And so um, it actually got me into this really cool phase of on Friday nights, I would go alone to Blockbuster dating myself. Um, not that much. I'm pretty young. But um, so <laughs> I would go to Blockbuster uh, on like 69th and first avenue or something and i would walk over there and i would just like rent movies and started checking items off my list of movies that people talked about on like live journal and stuff yeah. that you were supposed to have seen but i couldn't reference so i ended up watching really cool things i watched like bonnie and clyde and and empire records was one of those movies um and oh like umbrellas of cherbourg like i really went deep in the like hipster yeah, arena you checked a lot of things off yeah i really did and i started like checking out like gore vidal books and like billy bragg cds and i was like <laughs> it was like a whole era for me and it was cool it was like i finally was like at this very like tumultuous point in my life where i was so concerned with what everyone else thought of me i was really dedicating a lot of time to expanding my own cultural awareness and yeah um 
a librarian at the like 96th Street Public Library once told me I had very good taste, and I was that's that was like the best compliment yeah, of my life. I was like, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that was a cool phase, but I I watched Empire Records and I really liked it. Um, and I remember downloading the soundtrack on like Grokster or LimeWire or yeah. something like that. And I listened to this song and I just loved it. And there's so many lyrics in this song. Like, especially when you're young, relationships are so much about timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it always seems like someone likes someone else, but not at the same time that they like them. And it's it's all just misconnections. Um, and the song is a lot about that. And it's like, it's just so beautiful and sad. What The scene in the movie... It's I forget the, which character was it, but he like it starts playing and the girl's listening to I guess we assume that she's listening to this song or yeah. something. Yeah, and it's he like leans in to kiss her, and then she like. I'm gonna embarrass myself by not really knowing <laughs> when in this. Like I don't think I've seen the movie since like ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. But um, I th- uh, is it it's Mark? I hope it's Mark. <laughs> it's definitely used in the context of what you're talking about. Of yeah, just having a crush. And, it's yeah. just it's. I just love this song. It's just, it's so many feelings and it's so like honest and like, and sad and like misconnections really break my heart every single time. That's like a for sure tearjerker for me in any movie. Um, But then, so growing up with this song, this, the song has sort of had a recurrence for me where I would listen to it all the time. I don't think I can't name a single other Dire Straits song. I don't know anything about Dire Straits. Yeah. Whatever. We're huge music fans. But so, (laughs) so I love this song and, um, I moved in high school a few years after I went through this phase. Um, and I, I fell back in with the cool kids. They started inviting me to parties again, so well, you don't had worry. these years of yeah. cool shit that you've been Yeah, I was up. awesome by the go. time they wanted me Total back. I was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But so then I moved to Connecticut, and um, Connecticut... I feel, like, a, I feel like there would be like a Rocky-type montage of... Yeah, me like training, like, like, yeah, like watching holding my eyelids open, watching <laughs> like... Umbrellas of Cherbourg on repeat. Yeah. Um, but so when I moved to Connecticut, it was weird. Connecticut is like a garbage state, and I hated so much of being there, um, especially like now that I was this cool, like developed, culturally aware, like pretentious as hell 15-year-old who grew up in New York City, and then I was moving to like Pleasantville, Connecticut. Um, and really it was different. like a 90s teen movie. Like everybody's named Brad. And they all wore Letterman jackets and would like Sorry, Brad. Yeah, sorry. Fuck you, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they would all like skip class at lunch and like go to the beach. And like, oh, it was just really bad. But but I will say I made some amazing friends in my time there. Um, And one of those friends was uh, this girl, Nina, who was two years older than me. And she was so cool. And I felt like for the first time in my life, I was being like really fully weird, like... I'm a comedian now and so much of who I am now and my career now is based off of her sort of granting me this ability to be like my weirdest self and Mm -hmm. it, and it working. Like I just said crazy shit and she would laugh so hard. Like one time we also like most of my stories with Nina involve us being like really high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because like, what do you do in high school when you're in like a suburban town that you hate other than like smoke a ton of weed. So, um, so we like got really high one time and I like did this like 45 minute infomercial for, um, for butt sex, okay, <laughs> which I had yeah. never had. I mean, I was, I was like 16, 15, 16 at the time. Um, 
and it was like so long and like I like performed like it for her little brother. On video or I wish, but like, <laughs> but it was like it was like new from the makers of Duty. Like, have you tried butt sex? Like, and it was like Tom, have you ever seen anything like this? No, Susan, I have not. And like, and I did like all the parts. It went on forever, but anyway, so. So we would play this song a lot, and uh, this song "Romeo and Juliet," because um, I think I was sort of trying to share like my cultural influences with her, um, and we just spent so much time together. So like, uh, we listened to this song a bunch, and one time we got really high, and it was like right before Nina went off to college, um, and she went to Barnard, and I ended up going following her at Barnard two years later, but. Um, she was leaving for college and like I knew my whole life had previously just changed because I moved to Connecticut and now it's right. about to change again because right. my like best friend who I felt like really understood me was about to leave um, and I was going to have to start all over again. Um, and so it was right before she left and we got really high one night and we were like, we haven't been to Boston Market since we were like kids. And we were like, there's a Boston Market <laughs> in Wilton, Connecticut, which is really close by to Westport where we lived. Um and we were like, let's just go. Let's just get in the car and go. Like, what's stopping us? Like, I need to taste that rotini <laughs> mac and cheese. Don't they sell, like, rock their own rock candy? That's, I always thought of Boston Market. What? This is really random. Maybe. I've had this conversation with people before. Yeah. But I have this weird association of rock candy and Boston Market. Um, that might be true. I loved <laughs> rock candy as a kid. So, like, that might have been what got me through the door. Be, yeah. Okay. Because I remember not really liking Boston Market, but my family would go there sometimes, yeah, and I, I remember being it's like, "It's a treat." A popular destination. Yeah, but. I mean, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's be honest. I mean, I who am I to say? I haven't been there in years, but um, as we've established, I have incredible taste. So, <laughs> um, so I went to. So we decided let's get in the car and we'll go to Boston Market, and it was very close. It was supposed to be a seven minute drive, but this is like basically before GPS or before everyone had GPS. Mm, yep, MapQuest, print it all. Yeah, yep. literally, I think we did print out the MapQuest. <laughs> and so we get on the road and we go and it's like half an hour later and we still haven't found this Boston market and we're wandering around and we stop at this gas station and ask them for directions. They're like, it's right down the road. You can't miss it. And then we somehow end up in another half an hour. We end up back at the same gas station and we asked them again. We were like, please tell us where the Boston Market is. <laughs> and they were like, it is right down the road. You you can't miss it. And we drove around for basically another hour. Um, finally, we find the Boston Market. And we are so happy to be there. And we were just like, yes, this is the best. We're starving at this point. Like two stoned teenagers <laughs> trying to get some chicken. <laughs> um, so we finally roll up and they are closing. It's like 9.57 and they close at 10. And the doors are locked, and we are banging on the doors. And we're like, please, please give us the Boston Market. Um, and they were so nice. They were like, it was like as it's if they the had been waiting time for that us. Somebody had like banged yeah. them the <laughs> They were so happy that someone appreciated their craft. Um, and they were, they were shockingly nice. They were like, yes, come in. Like, please, like, like, truly as if they had been waiting for us. It was a magical moment. And we were like, this is the best moment of our lives. We're finally getting our Boston Market. We found it. We went through this journey together. And we open the doors and we walk over and they had been putting everything away. Um, and they like unwrap the tinfoil and start like putting together a plate for us. And Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits comes through the, yes. the speakers yes, in the store. And I had never heard this song outside of the context of that movie and then right. me playing it a bunch of times right. from my like downloaded version. Um, and it was, I just like stopped and I looked at her and I was like, is this really happening? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I think so. <laughs> like, I'm here too. Um, 
and it was just a truly magical moment. So I, I do think that there is something about that song that is sort of like, I don't want to say haunted because I feel that it has a negative connotation, but um, yeah. I do have a strange connection with that song. Um, yeah. I like that. That was a really, uh, that, that's cool that the song spanned so many different phases for you. Yeah. And had different meanings at each point, but yeah. And it stayed with me. Maybe yeah. it'll be like my wedding song or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to carry hey, it through. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic song. Actually, I was, I was reading about the origin of it or whatever. And I mm. think, I, I can't do this justice from my like quick Wikipedia scan prior to yeah. taping, but Mark Knopfler, the main singer or whatever, wrote mm-hmm. it about a woman who I can't think of her name either, but she was kind of like a maybe a one hit wonder artist or something that he kind mm-hmm. of helped get started and collaborated with. And then he fell in love with her and oh. she got some success with her like debut album and then kind of like dropped him. Oh. And he kind of always she referenced him in an interview in a magazine later of like oh yeah you know mark was you know a time of the past and you know i I moved on to bigger things or something and so he kind of wrote the song in response of like a a, a, you know that rejected feeling of she moved on and he was left behind of the oh yeah yeah that's crazy i don't know i should probably have done more detail into no but i I think that's sort of what's beautiful about it is that it's like there there is so much information behind it but not knowing any of that, the song has still meant so much to me. And it's yep. like, you can get so much out of it without knowing the background. Like, And that's really what I love with the doing these interviews yeah. because that to me is like the, the really cool, fun part yeah. of music. And music has so such universal. a strange and huge influence on so many people. And the question is always like, you know, why does something like tickle me? And mean basically nothing to someone else. Like, we can listen to the same song and it'll alter the course of my life forever. And it's just like some song they heard in a Boston market. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like, I I think in my, when I was talking to Stu in the first one we did of these, I talked about how, you know, for me, I'll have like certain songs that mean a lot. And I'm not a big lyrics person. So it'll, I'll play something and it can mean like, oh, you know, this is like a love song or this is a sad song or whatever. And I remember like, putting different songs on mixtapes and then thinking like, ooh, actually, when I read the lyrics, this song doesn't really mean at all what I've associated it with. Ooh, so shit. I might want to pull that one out. But, um, but yeah, same kind of thing. Like, you know, the music takes on its own meaning to yeah. the listener and no one else really has to care about that other than you. But it's interesting yeah. to like hear it and uh, see the differences between everyone's interpretation. It's also so funny that you say you're not a lyrics person because I feel like I'm such a lyrics person. Yeah, you are. And I, yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I think, I don't know. No, but good, yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do have to say that I do consider myself to be like a strong feminist. And I think that, I, you know, so much of my life is not based on like men and what men think of me mm-hmm. and like relationships, romantically speaking. Um, but so much of music and all of my music memories have to do with being like in love with a boy. <laughs> and like, and I used to send song lyrics to so many songs to like so many boys or like, I remember in high school, like driving in cars with boys and like, and yeah. putting on a song yeah. and like, like, yeah. And the lyrics would always be like, they would Some be like, I'm in love with you. Like, <laughs> why don't you notice I'm the girl sitting next to you in the car? <laughs> like, and they would just be like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like, and I'd be like, why don't you understand? You mentioned aim earlier. I, th- I remember like very, I, 
there was a time mm-hmm. where you had where I had a lot of lyric association or pr- tried to, and you know you would post your away message and oh, put like yes. the lyric, and you'd be like, oh, I, I can't actually message you this, but if I put it here, maybe you'll read oh my it, God, scrolling yes. through, and the then s- you'll that was the original it. subtweet. <laughs> yes, it's it was. So true. And it's can I tell you the most embarrassing story with that? That Please, actually, yeah, and then we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I fully did that with like everyone. <laughs> like I subtweeted absolutely every person. Um, Are you still a subtweeter? Not really. I I'm, guess I shouldn't I'm, reveal. I'm, we shouldn't reveal it in a recorded. Yeah, program, I'm also sorry. I'm far more direct than I used to be. Good. Now it's yeah. like if I have a crush on a boy, I'm just like, look, let's do this. Yeah, like totally. it's happening or it's not. <laughs> I don't have time to fuck around and send you lyrics to like take mech Sunday right. songs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so fun, strange fact about me is that um, Lin Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame mm-hmm. and in the Heights and so many other things, he's very talented. Mm-hmm. He was my seventh grade English teacher which is, like, just a weird fact. Um, and this was also, like, the height of AIM, and, or AIM, as I called it. And so we would... He gave us, like, his email address so that we could basically ask for the homework and, like, nothing else. And, of course, I was, like, 12, 13 at the time, and my friend Gleb and I abused this constantly. Yep. Like, we constantly abused his power. We were always just, like, what's up? He was, like, cool English teacher. And we'd be, like, how's it going? Like, oh, wait, hang on. You, he was your English teacher. Yeah. The guy, the Hamilton guy. Yeah. Did you not know that? No. Oh, yeah. He was my, yeah, he was my English tutor, which is, like, so crazy because we, he was, like, the cool English teacher, and I remember trying so hard to impress him, and now I'm, like, holy shit, like, (laughs) should have tried a little bit harder, because, no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, he was really amazing. He was a great teacher, um, like, a huge inspiration, and, and I'm a writer now, and so much of me becoming a writer was because of, like, the encouragement and advice that he gave me in That's my awesome. youth. And he, yeah, he's a very, I do not have enough nice things to say about him. He is like truly an incredible person. Um, and of course I annoyed the shit out of him when I was 12. Like that was the worst version of myself I have ever been. <laughs> and we would, IM him just like stupid shit and like links to like home star runner videos <laughs> and like whatever. We really bothered him. And at one point I was like asking him for the homework and he was, he was so patient and so kind. And he would like told me what the homework was. Should have fucking written it down in class, like an asshole. (laughs) But, um, so he told me what the homework was. And then like in that time I put up an away message that was jawbreaker lyrics. And I was trying to subtweet someone else. You know, when you like, you throw up the away message knowing that someone's about to IM you so that they'll get the away message. And it was basically these lyrics that were very clear cut, like they were obvious. And it was like, I'm so in love with you. Like you don't seem to notice me, but like, I love you so much because I loved doing that. And, um, and so then he, I am me and it was just shitty timing, really terrible timing. And he, I am me and he got this influx of lyrics and he was like, kind of like a little bit older. So he didn't really like understand this like idea of like the subtweet away message and like <laughs> what an away message was. And he, oh, bless his heart, this is my most embarrassing moment. He, um, he was like, um, he responded and he was like, um, like, I think we need to talk. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I am so sorry. That was not intended for you. I was like, this is an away message and it goes to everyone, but there is one specific person that I did want it to see, but that person is not you. I was like, I am not trying to tell you that I'm in love with you. I promise you. I was like, I think you're so cool. I like, that's what's weird is that I kind of like turned it into me letting him down easy, which is like. <laughs> just the worst because like poor guy like I really put him through the ringer and I was like I was like I'm like not interested in you in that way like I think you're so cool (laughs) 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 oh my god I can't believe it yeah um anyway uh I did not have a crush on him but I um 
made it seem like I did, which yeah. was horribly the embarrassing. The power of AIM. Um, yeah, the power and the misery yeah. of, of <laughs> AIM. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's my embarrassing I lyric story. I'm, I'm glad that that snuck its way in there. Yeah, I wish the song had been <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, and then, you know, everything would have been different. You would have tied it up with a nice little bow yeah. in there. Uh, all right, so the next song is was originally going to be an ELO song, uh, Sweet Talking Woman. And yeah. we were getting ready to tape it, and you were like, oh, you know, there's actually another version I would really love to play. And so this is the cover of Sweet Talking Woman, originally by ELO, um, also known as Electric Light Orchestra <laughs> for the uneducated of you Also known as that band that played Mr. Blue Sky on the, uh, the like, Garden State soundtrack. I feel like that's, uh, like, yeah. the only reason that yeah. anyone our age knows ELO. Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair Well, point. I don't, guys. I'm cool. <laughs> I know them for other reasons. <laughs> Um, so this is by Five Iron Frenzy doing their cover of Sweet Talking Woman. So we're going to see if we can get this audio going. Here we go. Sir. 
cool. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know what happened. That freaking Garage brand Band had like a Garage Brand. Like, oh, <laughs> would you like to update Garage Band mid recording? So it dropped out there for a second. I but, hate that. I always yeah. I record interviews on Garage Band, and yeah, it'll geez. be like AirPlay has noticed something, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't I still care really that my understand exactly has a, how to work it, yeah. but I mean, whatever. whatever. I guess it gets the job done sometimes. Um, We're cool. creating. We're doing what you said, Mark Duplass. <laughs> Um, all right, so tell me. So yeah, this song. Um, wow, 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 wow. Uh, so I think I happened upon this song and specifically this cover through sort of a happy accident because there was a phase of my life where I was very into ska, which I think most eighth graders go through that. Yeah. I also I would like I think went, mine hit like ninth or tenth. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Longer, I was very yeah. precocious. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I saw a pair of like checkered Vans one day, and I was like, I must know everything about these <laughs> shoes. Where does this music come from? Um, so yeah, I got really into ska, and I also <laughs> was such a little weirdo. I begged my mom to get me trombone lessons so that I could play in a ska oh, no. band, and I I wasn't very good at it. Um, but I used to go down to Union Square in New York and go to this like woman's apartment and learn how to play trombone. That's cool. Um, I was terrible. But so... If we had a trombone here, would you be able to pick up and play I would be able to pick it up and like put my mouth to it and like probably make it make a sound. A sound, yeah. I don't even think I could play a scale. Also, like the joke... So we'll get back to my sister in a minute because she has such a close tie to this song also. But like she is very small. And like she was very young for her grade and she was a very like small kid. She's <laughs> of normal stature now. Yeah. But um, she's my little sister, so of course I always saw her as very tiny. And she played trombone in band in school and she used to always be like, I could never reach seventh position because you really have to reach. Um, and then over time, I don't know if like I heard her say that and then I stole it or if like that was also true for me. Mm-hmm. But we both have like caught each other using that joke. We've been like, that. no, that's me. And like, we'll fight over it. Um, so who knows what the origin of that well, it's, is. But it's on record here now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to call which one's right, then it's permanent. I, honestly, I might give it to her because I am very short-limbed, but mm. like she's just such a small person that okay. I just, the visual is funnier. Right. If you can imagine this tiny little, little like blonde child trying to play a trombone. Um, so, do they make child-sized trombones? Do they like adjust them to I'm the sure length of the maybe arm? Maybe it was like a Fisher Price trombone. Yeah, out there yeah, yeah. yeah. That... A Playmobil <laughs> ska band edition, <laughs> the ska band set. Um, so, so yeah. So I I was downloading a bunch of songs on like Napster, Kazaa, Lamar, all of that. Yeah, and I think I must have like on a website or something heard about Five Iron Frenzy. Um, and this was the only song I downloaded by them. This was when like. I downloaded like every, or I used to go to like Sam Goody and buy like Mad Caddies albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, this was part of the time where I was really exploring my musical taste like on my own and, and really on the internet. Yep. Like a lot of like That's punk news, yeah. like chat rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I downloaded this song and I didn't know it was a cover for the longest time until I finally listened all the way to the end <laughs> when he goes, ELO, I have all your albums. Oh. <laughs> and and then I was like, what is ELO? <laughs> and like, and then I got really into ELO. But um <clears throat> so thought Five Iron Frenzy was the gateway drug yeah. to ELO. <laughs> Thank you, Five Iron <laughs> Frenzy. You really you've done I so much. If, for... I wonder if Jeff Lynn knows the impact. Yeah, we should can... call him and tell him. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll invite him next Let's week. get him, Lynn Manuel Miranda, mm, yep. and uh, whoever's coming up next. We'll get them all in a room and be like, guys, do we have news for you? <laughs> um 
so yeah, so this song, I, I found it and I loved it. And um, it was on this playlist of songs that were just like really fun and dancey. Because um, at, at the time I, I had a lot of ties to punk and I thought I really loved punk, but there's something sort of inherently undanceable or like you can dance to punk, but like in a like gorilla sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas with ska music, there's more like skanking and like it really encourages you to just like move your body in a yeah. strange and foreign way. So um, in middle school and in high school, I when we lived in New York City, I had this little office where my computer was. And like middle school for us, was you were your computer. Like now kids have their phones, but before you had like a desktop Dell computer. Right. And it that was, was your whole life. Yeah, there. it was like a bat mitzvah present. And <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest thing. I just loved it. And so I would sit there and I was trapped in like this tiny little office that nobody in my family used except for me. And sometimes my parents' computer was in there also. So sometimes my sister would come in. She's four years younger than me. Um, and she was like the baby of the family. So like, I'm sure I resented her a lot when we were young because like she was very cute. And I had like an awkward phase that lasted for like 15 years or like my entire <laughs> like young adult life. I'm maybe still in it. Um, but she... She was like really cute and adorable, and like, and I remember just being like, "Well, I'm cool. <laughs> like, you have all this stuff, but I'm cool." And um, sometimes she would be in the office, and I would like play songs, and she'd be like, "I don't like this song because it's about smoking pot, and I know it's about smoking pot." And she was like, she was just really good. Um, she was also really young, but so we would like bicker sometimes. But then over time, we spent so much time together in this tiny little office, and like headphones weren't even really a cool thing then. Like, Apple didn't even have headphones then. Yeah. Or maybe they did. I don't know. Don't quote me. <laughs> don't record this. Um, but so I would start playing all this music all the time, and eventually she, like, learned the lyrics. And I remember being like, damn, she's such a cool little, like, nine-year-old that she knows all the words to, like, in the aeroplane over the sea. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she, like, she would sing along, and then sometimes I would just be like, fuck it, we're doing this. And I would crank up the music, and we would stand on our separate office chairs like spinny leather bound office chairs we would stand up on them and we would just like sing along at the top of our lungs and dance weirdly to this incredibly strange playlist and I mean some of them a lot of them were like hipster bullshit that I was listening to at the time but then this song this is like the least cool song I've probably ever listened to. Like a five iron frenzy, like vaguely Scott. Well, when you I'm first so were sorry. like, oh, ELS song, yeah. I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. And like, then Can we do the cover version <laughs> from the ska band called Five Iron yeah. Frenzy? Who my only knowledge of this band is from booking bands at UT and getting like an email like every quarter from their manager. Like, <laughs> Five Iron Frenzy coming through Texas. Would they like to play for the University of Texas? Like, uh, no, man. Yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> we'll pass. But, but, uh, but yeah, so. Yeah. It, I, but hey, I love it. I love it. Actually, yeah, it was no, catchy. I, I was listening to the bass line. It was rocking. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, sort of, that's almost what's fun about it is that like, you know, so much of growing up and so much of my early days in music was first of all, trying to find myself and then also trying to figure out what was cool and like how to brand myself. And, and that's so much of like growing up is yeah trying to figure out how to brand yourself and the songs that remain and the songs that have affected me so much are like one of them is this the lamest song of all time <laughs> like and I think that that makes me really happy to think that like you know the the parts of myself that I have learned to love and appreciate mm -hmm. are like not necessarily the cool parts yeah um and also just such a fun memory with my sister and like being able to 
like let loose and really share something with her. Like we really shared a lot of these songs and like she, my sister is so cool and I love her so much and we're really close now, now that we're like adults and we like aren't bound to. Does she still live in New York? Yeah, she lives in New York. I'm hoping she'll move out to LA. So I don't know. Oh, that's right. You were mentioning that. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm hoping and then we'll get a dog. Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) I've planned out our whole lives. It's fine. Um, it's going to be great. But we're, we're very different, and she, like, she does not, like, she's very, like, into, like, Instagramming, like, ice cream cones, you know? Like, <laughs> like on a cool background. Like, she's, she's like, millennial cool, whereas, like, I'm a little more, like, hipster cool, I yeah, guess. Yeah, um, Like, she's suburban cool. I'm, like, New York yeah. cool. It was very complimentary, yeah. though, because you guys can even each other out. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, normally it's, like, your shit's stupid, like... <laughs> Um, but it was awesome that like, she wasn't, I felt very territorial. Like I always say that like, in some sense, we all sort of believe that we listen to the mountain goats first. Yeah. Like, you know, that sense yeah. where you're like, you don't listen to neutral milk hotel. I listen to neutral milk hotel. Like right. I care about them. Right. And it was cool to be able to share music with her because I never felt like she was trying to take it, it away. It wasn't a competition. Yeah. She never, she never was like, oh, I discovered this or like I was on the internet and I was hunting and I found this band or like I ordered this t-shirt. Like she would always like let me take the reins, but like really appreciated the music and was able to have fun with it without competing for it. Um, Do you like you describe the scene of the dancing on the chairs and yeah. stuff like so visually? I just imagine like when you hear this song, does that image like can you conjure up like every aspect of that? Room oh, 100 percent. Like, yeah. like I, even to the degree of like my frizzy ass hair like in my <laughs> eyes and she was so small and so cute and like she just yeah. like we looked so different like I was like essentially a gremlin and she was like this cute little like Polish like she looked we used to call her like the little Dutch boy because she just like had this perfectly blonde straight hair and like she was just so cute and like I just like see her dancing on the little chair oh. and like we were both about to fall off constantly and now like we'll listen to she'll always be like, play office songs. And like, she's like 22 now. So yeah. like we're adults. Yeah. Um, but if we're ever like driving somewhere also with my brother, like we sort of gotten him, him in on the mix. And so, um, she'll be like, play an office song. And then like, we'll play this or like flavor of the week by American hi-fi. That was a good oh, yeah. one for our family. And like, we all just sing along and it's just the dorkiest thing that we do. But like, that is my favorite thing about music. Like sometimes it's like, I'll hear like, or I'll even just remember like the wicked soundtrack Mm -hmm. and I'll be like, I have to go find like a room where I can close a door and just like sing the wizard and I like (laughs) at the top of my lungs. And like, that's such a like fun and strange part of music. And I used to say that I really hated live music because, um, it was never what I wanted. Like the quality, I guess is sort of Mm, inherently worse, significantly worse. Um, but what I've learned to love about live music is like, it's not really about the band. It's about listening to a song that you love surrounded by people that also love it and like being a part of a crowd. And when you are in a crowd where you know every word to a song and everyone else there knows every word to a song and you're all having like an office dance party together. Yeah. That I think is the coolest part now. So I've really turned a corner on live music. So I, I love live music and I think it's, Depending on the band, depending on the things, it can be better. But okay. when you, <laughs> but I, I, I get where you're coming from. And when you said that about the kind of communion aspect of, mm. it's more about the band. So right, like you really nailed that. Uh, it's and just I can't agree more. I like, yeah, we're both like for for the audience's reference, we're both like 
we have shitty ingrits on our faces. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's cool. You, so I, you articulated really well. I've, Thank you. This is like a thing that I think I might, I've referenced before, but I talk about um, a couple of weeks ago, I went and saw the new app, but Kanye West, who <laughs> you probably know I'm obsessed with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was very much that, like he, his production right now, there's no stage. Mm. Um, he's just like floating above everybody. And I, I wasn't watching him. I was like, singing along with everyone and dancing yeah. and jumping and like complete strangers were just engaged and it's totally that same type of thing where you're just there's something so powerful about that yeah that you could be amongst this crowd this huge crowd of complete strangers and what we were saying earlier where the songs that you're singing might mean something totally different from your neighbor at the show mm-hmm. um it doesn't matter because you're still expressing that together it's cool it's really powerful that yeah it, you that. can physically feel it yeah. like it is like it's it's a current running through yeah. everyone and, and there's nothing worse than the bad show where you want that feeling and you don't get it because yeah. the crowd isn't in it with you and you're, you're at the wrong spot yeah and so that's always I was fun. running I go for the mosh pit and I know that yeah. it's or the skank circle yeah in this case. <laughs> well I don't necessarily love a mosh pit per se but like at a lot of shows that I go to now there isn't really a pit as much as there's like a crush yeah yeah and like you'll that's where the hyper fans go yeah they especially if you go up to the front it's yeah. like everyone pushes forward and there's like this this like ebb and flow where you're like sort of in the swell of it. And like, it yeah. is very similar to like an ocean yeah. where like the waves roll in and out and you're pushed forward and backwards with the crowd. And inevitably it's like, it's very disgusting. It's super hot. You are tasting the sweat on the yep. people around you. Like some girl in front of you did not put her hair in ponytail <laughs> and it's all in your mouth. Um, and it's, it really is disgusting, but it also is awesome to just be like pushing with people. And like, like I just like, at shows now like when I hear lyrics that like I know so well or I'm so excited to like shout out I like do that thing where you like throw your hand up in the air and like a point or like I'll like I do like this <laughs> weird thing where I'll, like sometimes I'll do like sign yeah. language like yeah. like um where I'll like act out a part yeah, of the lyrics yeah we all have those couple of moves yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, just a few moves that you got that like <laughs> and they just they just come out so naturally and it's the lamest thing in the world <laughs> it's like so dumb. If anyone, if it were in any other context, I think I would just die from the embarrassment. <laughs> but when you're surrounded by people where, like, everyone loves it so much that they don't it care. Matter. yeah, Like, we're all losers yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful it losers. Really I always think, too, like, I, you know, we're getting older and you think you still go to these shows. I still do that shit. I mean, I yeah. probably look like a I do it more now at, at most shows. and. Uh, I laugh at, like, we have ACL TV show where they tape, mm-hmm. bands come and they tape something and it airs on PBS. It's, like, oh, the longest-running cool. music television show in history or Isn't something. It? It's really cool, cool thing in Austin. Uh, and I've been to a few of those tapings, and, like, some of them I've seen, like, I get there early, I'm right up in the front row, <laughs> and it's taped, and so they cut to the audience a whole lot. And I've seen it, like, on TV, and, like, yeah. you can watch Radiohead or, like, Bonnie Bear or something, and, like, I, I'll, get, I'll regularly get texts, like, hey, were you at that? Because I yeah. see you on there and it's just like have biggest stupid grin on yeah. my face and like singing along and <laughs> dancing and just looking like a complete idiot. But um, oh, it's I totally like, it. I love that feeling. Like, yeah. and I wonder as I get older, will I always have that? And like, do, am I going to be the like 60 year old yeah. guy at the show that isn't afraid to still sing and dance and be done? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I wonder about that Who too. And, and like with the next band um, that we're going to play, I've, I've seen them a bunch live and a lot of their fans are like 16. Yeah. And so it's weird because I already, like I'm 26 and I already feel like the old lady in the pit. Yeah. 
And um, <laughs> I don't know, because like it, like I've been to shows where you stand on the edge mm-hmm. and it's fun. Yeah. But it's not as fun. It's, it's not, not as nearly fun. as fun yeah. as like being in it with people and right. like really being in there. Right. Um, I don't know. But I also, if you have any inclination towards emo music, you really should check out Emo Night. And I'm sure I've sang the gospel of Emo Night to you before, but I really think it's the best. Um, and I sound like such a stupid fangirl. I'm like, <laughs> but I, it's just such a good concept and like just major shout out to the Emo Night LA people and the Emo Night Brooklyn people. Um, and I suppose they're separate entities, but they, um, like essentially they just put a bunch of people together in a room. Like you pay like $7 for a ticket yeah, and they just DJ. I mean, I don't love that. They started adding like air horns and shit and gun <laughs> sounds, which I think is like Glass really yeah. the gunshots. I really have a problem with because it's like, we are in a room filled with people yeah. and like gun control is a hot button topic. And like, and then you like make a gunshot sound. It's like I duck and run every time. Like I'm such an old lady, but people just think it's one of your dumb dance moves. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm skanking. (laughs) Um, but so I just love emo night because they, they play all those songs that like I used to listen to in my car when I was like, you know, 16 and like sing along and like park it at the beach and like cry and like listen to fallout boy or whatever. But like they, they play all those songs and then you're surrounded by people who, maybe those songs didn't mean the same thing to them, but they meant something close. Yeah. Um, it meant something to them, yeah. whatever that something is. And just like to be there with people and be screaming it. And like, there is a little bit more of a cool factor. Like you are trying, or at least I am like, now that I'm an adult, I'm like trying a lot harder to at least at those things. Cause I'm like looking for potential mates. Um, hate that I just said that but like (laughs) I love it yeah but at a concert I'm there because it's like oh my god I'm seeing this band like I'm with all these people who love this band with emo night it's a little more like all right like there's a lot more people who love all these bands like we're casting a bit of a wider net right um so I guess I'm less in the moment but um but it is you're connecting with people you know you have a common interest and yeah yeah yeah, but I'm not like I'm not like husband hunting at like a front bottom show because that's like that's illegal. Like <laughs> <laughs> those kids are like five. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's a good uh, transition into the next song. Yeah. Spoiler alert: it is a front bottom <laughs> song. Um, front buttons. <laughs> and yeah, this is another one that you pulled an audible on me right before. So sorry. Uh, originally, I think you had what was it? Laugh. Laugh till I cry. Laugh till I cry. Off the new album. Um, so shout out to that song. It's a good one. You should listen to it. Uh, but instead, we are going to play from Talon of the Hawk. It's called Funny You Should Ask. Yeah. Yeah. Great is album. It, is great that the song. opening track or is that the... No, but it's... Uh, it might have been the first single from that album. So there's oh. a video. Yeah. Uh, which is great of them playing with reptiles. Awesome. All right. So here it goes. Funny You Should Ask by The Front Bottoms.
That was fun. Oh, I love I got that to, song. You, you, had, you, you let some of your little dance moves. Yeah, I did. I did some <laughs> dance moves because I think that song is really fun because they have some really like obvious and memorable drum beats. Like, mm-hmm. that, is that how little yeah. I know about yeah, music? But like, good. yeah, they're drumming um, by the extremely talented Matt Uchek, um is very memorable and so like it's fun to like tap along and uh, and know where it is but there's one part in the song maybe it's only in the video or maybe it's like a different version but after they say now it's summer then there's like a gang vocal where everyone's like now it's summer um and i went in for the kill on that one and it didn't show up i was i was gang vocaling alone <laughs> i was Wait, solo vocaling you so you're on the recording no 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 no, no. <laughs> no i just mean right now when we were oh, listening gotcha. to okay. god no um i wish <laughs> Oh, how I wish. Um, yeah, so the front bottoms. I I was, like, thinking about it while we were listening to that. I was like, what are you going to say that makes you sound not so lame? But you know what? I think I just have to lean into the curve here because I think the most beautiful thing about music and the music that we love so much is that anything that you're really, really, really passionate about is sort of inherently embarrassing because you just care so much and you know you care too much. Yep. And I feel that way about a lot of music, but I will credit the front bottoms by saying that, um, where do I even start with this story? Okay. So basically I'll start by saying that I had never heard of the front bottoms until about two years ago. And this band saves the day who changed my life in my youth. Their album through being cool was like everything to me in middle school. Um, and so they did a like 10 or 15 year reunion tour for that album. Um, and they played at Irving Plaza in New York. And I went to the show and I went with my friend who wasn't really into the band. Um, so I kept like trying to run up and like be in the crowd, but it yeah. was weird. Cause I like was kind of alone in a crowded room. Right. Um, and so this group of, like boys and girls was dancing in front of us and they were so into it and they knew every word to every song. And I was just like, Oh, they're so cool. Like I, and I like made up this backstory about them. I was like, I bet they went to high school together and they like used to listen to this album together. And so afterwards we went to this bar, idle hands, um, which is since closed, but it used to be this like pop punk bar, uh, on the lower East side or East village. Um, and so we went to this bar afterwards I knew, I guess it was like an unofficial after party, but Chris Conley came at one point and was like DJing was really cool um big fangirl um and so I was at this party and I see this like crowd of people that I imagined had gone to high school together and whatever the people that I had been watching at the show and I just walked up to them and I was like you guys had such a fun time like you made the show so fun it was so cool to watch you there like wow it sounded really creepy saying it back now (laughs) but I was drunk so it sounded cool then um but I made friends with this girl uh And we just ended up like hanging out and like talking about like a bunch of pop punk and emo music and reminiscing about back in the day. And I hung out with her friends too, but I I feel like I really bonded with her. Um, And so also what's funny is that like her name is Melissa. And I was like, okay, so like, do you go by Mel? And she was like, you shouldn't just call me whatever you want, but I'm pretty sure all her friends call her Missy, (laughs) (laughs) but I call her Mel. So whatever I'm supposed to call her, that's her name. But so, um, so I was talking to her, and then a few weeks later, she was like, oh, are you going to Champagne Jam? And I I didn't really know what that was. And, you know, in middle school, I, in middle school and in high school, in middle school, I was really cool. That was my phase of, like, really taking in as much indie stuff as I could. Right. 
And then in high school, I got really into Fallout Boy. <laughs> and I, I didn't have any friends. Everything is more fun with friends. And I didn't really have any friends who wanted to go to like local punk shows. Like the, the punk scene in Westport, Connecticut was not, not phenomenal. <laughs> um, and I didn't really have the courage at the time to like go out go and explore on my own. Show, yeah. It was a lot easier when I lived in New York. Um, and so I got more into pop music and it was more fun to take in with friends. And then in college, I started like having these late nights where I would visit websites like If You Make It and like all these like weird like early band camps and stuff. And um, I really had a hunger for new music. Uh, but I didn't have any friends who listened to the same music as I did and I didn't really have any access to it. So I was sort of like lost. Um, and so I was talking to Mel or Missy or Melissa or whoever the fuck she is. Uh, no, she's great. Um, so I was talking to her and she was like, are you going to Champagne Jam? And I was like, what is that? But I like wanted to be cool. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, um, and she was like, oh, it's, it's this band, The Front Bottoms. You should check them out. And I was like, yeah, I've never heard of them. And she was like, you're going to fall in love. She was like, prepare yourself, like understand your life now because you're going to fall in love. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I like added a few songs to a playlist. And so you did a little bit of research. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I listened to like a few of their songs and they started getting stuck in my head. And I remember the first song that really jumped out at me was 12 Feet Deep, um, which is like one of their more acoustic y songs. Um, and then I watched the video for Funny You Should Ask. Mm -hmm. And it was like, seriously, it was like a switch flipped and I was just like okay you know yesterday I was doing normal things I like woke up in the morning went to work and came home and like hung out with my friends and went to bed uh and now I love the front bottoms <laughs> now my whole life is different and it was like it was disgusting I really felt like I was like 16 and like fallout boy all over again and like this it's funny because I consider myself a well-adjusted adult yeah and this song just diminished me to like a sixteen-year-old girl who was so hungry for information All this progress about this band. You made and then you just yeah, right done. Back to but 16. it's really fun. It's fun and it's freeing to have yeah. a crush that is so intense. Yeah. And and it wasn't even a crush on anyone in the band. It was a crush on just like the entire entity, like right. on just like being a young person, like being a teenager, and just like loving something with all of your heart, like like. You know, my crush from, like, ninth grade who, like, said that mean thing to me about parties, like, I don't think I, like, loved him really that much in the grand scheme of my life, but I felt such highs and lows that were so intense, and it's hard to feel those in your adult life. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to, like... You're, you're much more hardened at this point. Yeah, and, you and like, I care a lot about, things. like, you know, like, the service at the restaurant I went to, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, but I... Uh, Are you a secret Yelp reviewer? No, I am not, but okay. I told you that the last time I was here in Austin, I was very... <laughs> I considered making a Yelp account just to talk about the service at my <laughs> restaurant. Um, but that's for another podcast. Filthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Grinds My Gears podcast hosted by Margaret Kowinski. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just, I love the front bottoms with such a fervor. And like, I remember listening to this song and Brian, the singer, like there's this way that after he says like, um, I was back in Jersey trying to save some money and he does this like money sign with his hands and it just like this impact, this moment of like him doing that. And then like, he has like a little smile afterwards. I sound like pervert, but like, but like he has this little smile afterwards. And I just remember being like, what? Like, <laughs> what did he say? Um, and I just, I love the way this band makes me feel. And yeah. it's, it's like vulnerable and kind of like gross and youthful 
And like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care that it makes me sound like a weirdo. And like, and it's also ignited that research part of my brain where yeah. I found about, about so many other cool bands because I'm like, who are they touring with? Like, right. who are they friends with? Like, cause it's a whole scene you've been disconnected with. Yeah. From, and know, now all of a sudden there's so many people now, yeah. in it. I know they were, they were like a pretty good sized billing at the music festival. We yeah. just had like a couple weeks ago. I was like, and wow. I found out that I was at the made in America that they played at like three years ago and I didn't know who they oh, were. Wow. Wait, I, that's like, the Jay-Z festival. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So Jay-Z is into the front bottoms. Yeah. Though. Apparently they're yeah. like really tight. Um, nice. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, they're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fine. I'm five. Uh, but yeah, I just, I love them and they, I, I've connected with so many other bands and, um, I've been like through very strange series of events. Like, What's cool about being an adult who loves music is that you have a lot more power. And especially an adult in like the Twitter, Instagram generation, like yep. you you really can connect with people. Like the lines that used to divide me from the bands that I loved right. are all gone. Like now you can just talk to people and be yep. like, I'm a huge fan. Here's who I am. Mm -hmm. Do you like it's me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're, so... They're humanized a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And they, I really have to say that like the front bottoms are like the nicest people. Like I have, I've seen people and I, I'm in all these like weird Facebook groups where people like love, like defend the front bottoms. And it's like all like, <laughs> like impoverished, uneducated 16 year olds from like middle America. Oh yeah. It's huge. <laughs> and it's so weird. People say the funniest things are like, they're like, I need money. Cause like my mom won't let me gauge my ears and I'm 16. So I'm going to move out <laughs> and everyone's like sell scrap metal. <laughs> Like, sell your kidneys. It's like, they say the funniest things. Um, but it's a really sweet community, and, like, they really, they support each other, and they're really helpful and, and lovely, and they always tell stories about how, like, they're like, oh, I went and uh, talked to, like, Matt and Brian. So Matt and Brian are, like, the, the singer and the drummer, and mm -hmm. they sort of founded the band, and then Tom and Kieran came in later. Um, what? Have you done research on this? Um <laughs> And so they, uh, but people are always like, yeah, I talked to, I talked to someone in the band and like, I gave them my one month sobriety chip or like, I told them I was like having suicidal thoughts and whatnot. And these guys who are, they're famous now and like, they're legitimately famous. Like they have been on world tours and they're on tour with brand new and modern baseball right now, which is crazy. Nice. Yeah. It's a big tour. Um, and they, they're really cool dudes and every single story that I hear back from them is just like, people are like, yeah, I, I told Brian, I was like thinking about killing myself and he like sat with me for like 45 minutes and like helped me find resources and like told me that like he cared about me. And it's just like, holy shit. Like yeah. you guys are supposed to be rock stars. Like aren't, I'm supposed to be hearing stories about you, but like harassing like underage girls, but like they couldn't be further from the type. Like they're genuinely so nice. And, um, like great role models I just love them I love That's them great. so much and like it's so rare to love someone so much and then or something so much and like I'm sort of waiting for the fall but there yeah. isn't one you know like I, I was waiting to be disappointed by them and they are yet to disappoint oh it's cool because I remember when I first met you like I think maybe the second story you ever told was related to the front bottoms <laughs> <laughs> I was like I've it's never been a year man <laughs> and you know I mean I I didn't really have a big emo phase growing up um you know, I, part of me wishes I did because you can connect to the community, yeah. like you said, and everything. But I kind of missed that, uh, which is fine. Um, and so when you told me the front bottoms, you know, automatically I kind of bucketed into like, okay, well, yeah, these are the bands you like. That's fine. Um, but then like, oh, no, this is actually a much newer band. They've kind of come out. 
And I think it's cool, and it's always such a surprise. You kind of mentioned that when you talk about why you connect with them so quickly and you went back to being a 16-year-old. Because as you get older, it gets harder to get into yeah. new music, potentially. That's not the case for everybody. It's like making new friends. But yeah, and so much, I mean, the you know the concept of this podcast of being like music being tied to memories or moments in your life and mm. things like that. Most of when you talk about that kind of stuff is tends to be even more nostalgic in the past and we all want to relive our childhood because if we only knew now then yeah. then what we know now, that kind of stuff. And so I think connecting with new music becomes harder as you get older because you are looking back so much to the past mm. uh, in a lot of ways um, as you begin to like settle into what your future becomes and things like that, which, you know, that's a whole existential thing that you could go into, of <laughs> course. But I know that feeling of like finding something new at a different stage when you weren't necessarily looking for the front bottoms, they just found you. Yeah. And almost so quickly, it just became this huge thing for you that will have just as much meaning 30 years from now, probably, um, yeah. as so. what, uh, you know, Dire Straits had from, from that or dancing yeah. in the room to... Uh, to the ELO song and things like that. So it's cool. It's really, it's neat to have. And I'm glad you did pick the front bottoms because I, if you hadn't picked a front bottom song, yeah, I would have <laughs> imagined that you were not being authentic with what you picked for the podcast because I do know how much you love those. Things. Yeah, so. I do. And, and it is, it is so embarrassing to love them so much and to like be a well-adjusted human who is like so vulnerable to their, feelings for like yeah, but you an could just like you've surrendered it in such yeah. like a genuine and way. And honestly, I'm, I'm happier now that That's I'm willing crazy. to be like, whatever, this is like, this is what I love. And like, I, I will say the strangest part of it is sort of like this disconnect now with like, there's a band that I love so much and there's this entity that exists inside my head. And like, you know, in, in that song in particular, they talk about, they're like, uh, they say like, come on, Chelsea, um, and immediately they're like, who the fuck is Chelsea? <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm like, am I Chelsea? <laughs> like, can I be Chelsea? <laughs> and, um, and it's just funny to try to like find your place in yep. those songs, yep. which I feel like is a very, also probably in the same first conversation that you are referencing. Uh, we talk about, I have this like idea of the blob, which is like your yeah, crush. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's all falling back now. Yeah. So, so blob is like this idea that I have that like we all have these crushes and they last throughout your lifetime, but they just sort of take shape. They're sort of this amorphous blob yep. that becomes different people, but it's like this romantic or, you know, sometimes it's not romantic. Sometimes it's like career or something, but it's this fantasy in your head. And I've always had this like fictional boyfriend and, um, God, why am I talking about blob? No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it's just funny where, like, especially with the front bottoms, it's like I'm always, like, especially in my early days of listening to them, um, like, I'll, I'll listen to their lyrics so intensely and I'll be like, how do I fit? Like, who could I be in this story? And, like, if the front bottoms as a band are my blob, like, how could I wedge myself into this narrative? Um, and you know, the, the more I get to know them as a band and like the closer I get to them as people, like the more time I spend talking to them as actual people, yep. it's sort of, it's hard because you lose some of that magic. Like there yeah. is, there is some magic in the distance. Totally. Um, because like the more I exist as an actual person in this narrative, the less I can exist in this like crazy the version of the narrative. Of it, right. Yeah. Um, so it has, it's hard watching the fantasy die, but it's also like cool to, um, 
to like get closer to them and like and meeting the people. It's actually a year anniversary to me meeting um, this guy who is like a part of their crew and who is just like such an incredible friend who I never would have met like if not for like Instagram and the front bottoms and like all this other weird stuff. But I don't know. It's it it's sad to like lose the fantasy aspect, but it's also creating all of these friendships and all of these conversations with like fans or like parts of their crew um, that I never would have had otherwise. And like yeah. connections with people that seem to have come out of like something sort of magical in yeah. of itself. Um, An ever changing narrative. Yes. Am I going to cry now? Is now the part when I cry? Hey, you can cry <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I just love them and I just love, um, I love that I am able to feel that way about yeah. music again because it really has been a long time. And it's like, it's like falling in love again. You know, it's yeah. like, Oh, I can still do it. <laughs> like I can get back on the, on the horse bicycle. Right. And, yeah, uh, and you, you're yeah. opening yourself up to the emotion of yeah. what art can do for you. And, and yeah. And I, I do feel like I've been, surreal. you know, even more creative in my own work as since, a result of, yeah. yeah. And seeing the, the effect that art and, bands can have on people like myself included it's very very powerful and then it's like oh shit i'm really working on something like i'm not just like writing a comedic half hour pilot like <laughs> this could change someone's life right, right. <laughs> probably not but you know maybe yeah you never know yeah i'm sure the front bottoms weren't in a basement somewhere being like Marco Kaminsky, we're coming for you. <laughs> well, we're going to we'll make you feel out. 16 again. <laughs> oh, God. I hope they never hear this. Um, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll send it to the, yeah, the group please, of the little teenagers, do. and they'll bring me to shreds. They're going to be like, you outed us. <laughs> we're, we're kicking you out of the group. Oh, I hope not. I've almost been kicked out of that group a bunch of times, actually. Oh, whatever. You should yeah. be in charge of it. Well, it's because I, I try to play Mother Hen a lot, and they mm -hmm. have, like, there's one admin in this group who was very anti Hillary Clinton. Uh oh. And I, you know, I love Hillary Clinton. Um, you don't have to whisper that. It's okay. <laughs> but I do. I love her. And um, and I I sort of like ruffled some feathers because I was like, this isn't a political space. Like this right. is a space to celebrate the things that we all love. Like this, it's not a place for you to come in and like have a commentary. And like I'm one of the older people here, one of the like people who really understands their place in the world. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you're not going to ruin my day by telling me that you hate Hillary Clinton, but there could be a bunch of people in this group who are like younger than me and like, aren't willing to stand up and say like, get out of here with that. Right. Um, and like, you could profoundly change the way that they think. Like, you know, I was, I remember being young and impressionable and being like some cool guy who's an admin in the front bottoms group, like <laughs> told me he hates Hillary. So I hate Hillary. Like, Literally, like, Fat Mike from NoFX influenced my political decisions for, like, 10 years of my life without me doing any research on my own. I just trusted him blindly. Um, He's the, the Austin story about him was he yeah. was permanently banned from, like, our iconic venue, Emos, which closed, the real Emos closed down and they moved somewhere else. It's not the same thing. But um, they played, like, I think it was, like, a South By show. And he came out and, like, had a platter of... Uh, alcoholic shots right so he's like yeah. walking around to the crowd giving everyone free shots they all sh shoot it together and then they play and project like a video of like a few minutes before of him backstage peeing into each no! of the shots and everyone just took a shot of his own piss and so 
he got kicked out of the venue, I think on spot, and they were banned oh, permanently shit. from playing. So fuck wow. that guy. That's that's a yeah. Maybe thing I shouldn't do. have trusted <laughs> him with like all my thoughts. <laughs> uh, Sorry, well, I didn't shit. mean to ruin that. For yeah, you, I mean it's honestly. I think it's been a while since I've thought about <laughs> that. Like, so I think it's yeah, okay. You've moved on to better things. Um, but yeah, basically, I just I didn't want these kids to be influenced by like some especially like just like some guy who like started a Facebook group. It's like, like don't like, he's no closer to like God than you are. So right. like, you know, certainly not the front bottoms. Either. Yeah. He, he's not. <laughs> um, I mean, we should have the front bottoms. If I'm voting for Hillary. I'm sure they are at this point, but um, <laughs> title of the podcast are the front bottoms. Voting for Hillary Clinton? Um, and so, yeah, I just, it's it's a cool community uh, to be a part of, and I hope they don't kick me out because I like sort of giving them wisdom from the other side, but also at the same time, like, fangirling out with them and being like, what, they're going on tour? Where's this Instagram from? Like, <laughs> That's cool. It's it's dorky as hell, but you know what? Like, I'm living my best life yeah. as a weirdo. Nah, and I, mean, I, I, wish, I wish this upon everyone. I hope that everyone in their adult life gets to re-experience they're like youthful and naive love for an entity. Like yeah. my friend has a crush on Hamilton, the play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. Yeah. I, I, I won't go into detail, but I will say I'm not on the Hamilton train. Wow. Okay. But I love and appreciate. I'm gonna, I am Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Tell him you said that. <laughs> uh, do you still have his email? Uh, yes, but. It's probably blocked. I, I, don't think, I don't like to think it's not blocked. You should send him the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna be like, I remember that. Like, I spent the last like 15 years thinking you were in love with me. No, that would be really embarrassing. Um, maybe, maybe I will. It's a great story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this very is just cool. like a tour of all of my embarrassments. No, I feel I like mean, I feel like very warm. I'm not embarrassed nervous. for you. I'm inspired by hearing the stories. Thank you. Ugh. It was actually really meaningful to hear it. We know each other somewhat like yeah. we only met probably <laughs> in the past friends. year and we're definitely friends but like we probably spent maybe 24 hours max actually although you have yeah. been staying with me for like yeah, a week literally for a week but we've overlapped but we're, maybe like i would say we're away. um we're in an ldr yeah no i yeah that's <laughs> we're great. long distance friends yeah. we've and never lived in the same city yeah but it's really cool to be able to share these connections yeah so and there's so really much overlap i think that's like yeah. the awesome part is totally. that like we relate on so many things i'm sure yeah. this is the longest podcast you've ever no well it is but <laughs> <laughs> there's only been two prior to this so yeah. i'm real chatty we'll, you see can if edit me we'll see how long you hold the record for we're yeah. like an hour 20 right now so it's like oh that's like no, oh my yeah. god well, I, I said like, like do i have another story <laughs> yeah an hour and a half well, oh, so yeah, well, I mean, while we're here, because it is flowing so naturally. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you might have some honorable mentions. We don't have to go into all the details, oh my God, but I'll so give you, Thank you some, so much. some rough time to just kind of spitball. And for those of you that are like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm tuning, tuning out, then you're going to miss something really good, I promise. Yeah, so, so stick fuck around. off. <laughs> uh, honorable mentions. I almost wish I had my phone because I, I do have a playlist I started a few years ago on Spotify called oh. Best. <laughs> oh, we can Which is, I'm pretty sure it's like subscribe. one Taking Back Sunday album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I will say, tell all your friends by Taking Back Sunday. That was a very important album for me. I um, every song on it because I pre-ordered that album because I think like punknews.org told me to, yeah, and I or like absolutepunk.net or something, and I was like, yeah, I'm cool. So I pre-ordered it and I like got it delivered to me at summer camp. I think like my mom sent it to me. She was like, some shit came for you at Sam Goody. Um, 
and it just really changed me. And then the like 10 or 15 reunion tour. Yeah, they keep um, coming back. I love reunion tours. Oh my God, I do. Yeah, take Max and I played here on Friday night. I tried to get you to go. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was very exhausted. Um, but the other take Back Sunday and Saves the Day is a band that, man, it just yeah. so many people I meet that have such a huge, strong, yeah. strong connection to those bands. That, I mean, I, I've listened to, uh, what's the Say Anything with like, there's like a wood log on it or something. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That song that I hate is on there. The one that's like, I called her on the phone and she touched herself. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I Can Get Sexual Too. That's, that's the one, song. yeah. yeah. Um, I fucking hate that song. I will say, like, they play it all the time at Emo Night and I know everybody loves it and like, and everyone's like, no, it's cool. Like, she's like sexually liberated, but it's like, he's making fun of her. Yeah. That is so That's, fucked yeah. up, and it's like, do you know how many teenage? I'm sorry, I have such a such no, a yeah. such an axe to grind about this song because I never heard it in my youth, or if I did, I'm sure I didn't like it, and I just moved on. But I've heard it a lot at emo night now, and I just like I think it's catchy and whatever, but it's like so this idea of like like a guy using his like influence and power over a woman to like get her to do something sexual and then like making fun of her for like being sexual. Like everything about that is fucked up. Like yeah, that's not good. Not good at all. And like the people who are listening to say anything, like sorry dudes, like maybe I'm sure they're wonderful guys. I feel really bad saying this. Like I'm they they might actually be really great and like whatever. Like they wrote the song like twenty years ago. So like they're probably different people now. But um but like the people who are listening to that song is like primarily teenage girls who like want to hook up with them and like, and teaching them this message of like, that like a, their sexuality is something to be ashamed of B that like they have this power over them and like see that they're just like, like inherently better than them. And like, as hard as they try to be close to them, like someone's still on the other line of the phone, like making fun of them and like laughing themselves to sleep. Like, Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, everything about that bothers me. Anyway, sorry, guys. I'm sure you're great. But, like, <laughs> I hope you publicly I mean, announce that song. <laughs> I've listened to the record a few times. It's been forever. I can't really comment on the contents of it because I don't, I never really connected with it. But I do have a general feeling of that, like, wait, why do yeah. people like, he sounds like an asshole. Yeah. But there's a whole thing, I think, where afterwards he had, like, a big nervous breakdown. I oh, think really? He was, I, oh, I'm pretty sure, sure like, he's, he's had some... Some issues, not that it's an excuse, but yeah. Um, but I mean, life is about on. changing, and growing, yeah. and I think about that all the time. That yeah. um, that like saves a day. I went to their reunion tour, and yeah. it's like, can you imagine being like Chris Conley and being like thirty-five years old and playing songs that you wrote in high school, and like you are still touring the country playing those songs every single night, and like going back to whatever place you were in then, or like, or maybe yeah, I wonder being, how that makes them feel. Yeah, uh, or being incapable of going back to that place. Yeah. You know, like, like. Huh. And songs about like love and whatnot, and yeah. all of a sudden, like this person means nothing to you, and yet they like They're made you all this money, you know, like yeah. <laughs> like you you owe them in some sense for your career, but like you also don't remember right. anything about them. Like, well, hopefully, when the front bottom song comes out about you, then yeah, you know, it's gonna be one weird of girl <laughs> in the in the merch booth <laughs> by the front bottom. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably. About a wrap, unless you had anything else you wanted well, to Well, my add. honorable mentions. Oh, I just, yeah, well, just want to say, I'm okay, sorry. so yeah, that Take Me Back Sunday album, uh, Double Whiskey, Coke, No Ice by um, Dillinger 4. I, that was uh, my, yep, that was the I big subbed one. that one we out. almost had that. Uh, that one had a profound effect on me. That was like the first like punk song that I actually liked. And I remember like putting my Sony Walkman 
on my dad's ears. We were on this Orthodox Jewish cruise around the Caribbean. Yeah. We're not Orthodox Jews, but we're like reformed Jews. And like we snuck our way onto this cruise. Um, and I was listening to that and reading Running With Scissors by Augustine Burroughs. And I, I thought you were going to say the Weird Al record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my brother was really into Weird Al at the time. Um, <laughs> just to paint the picture of my family to you. <laughs> but yeah, I remember listening that to that, uh, to Situation is Comedy, actually. That song is not on that album, but listening to that album and, and being like, holy shit, like, I like this band a lot and, yeah. they're, and they're hardcore and like, yeah. I could be hardcore too. Yeah. Um, and I just saw them live for the first time, so that was pretty awesome. Just um, recently here? No, I, uh, not in Austin. I saw them in LA. In LA, okay. What um, venue? They stopped touring for a while. Okay. There's a, a very fascinating article about them and their touring mm, that I will, I will send to you and I okay. recommend it to everyone. I think it's by Dan Ozzy. What's the record um, that I should listen to? Like the full album? Uh, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. I think that's what it's called. It was the 1998 album by Dillinger 4 and that was great. And then Situationist Comedy was their 2002 album. Okay. And that was the first one I heard but I think there's also Civil War, which was a great album, and that one's a little more like toe tapping. Yeah, don't overwhelm me now. Come on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> I, th- I would say if uh, knowing what I know now, I would start with Civil War. Okay. Um, and songs like Gainesville and Jingle for the Product are like nice, easy steps into Dillinger Four. Love it. They're very melodic and great. Um, uh, a New England uh, by Billy Bragg, not actually by Billy Bragg, but like his cover of it. That song changed my life. Um, put you on a pedestal, put you on the pill. Like that lyric, I was like, what? Women? <laughs> like <laughs> love? Um, so, so good. Um, and then modern songs. I've been listening to a lot of this band Pine Grove and they, um, they're just so good. And they like remind me of, that was a, that's another band where I really felt like I discovered them first. And Pine I'm sure Grove I is the band? Yeah. Okay. band called Pine Grove. Um, and they have, they have these two songs. One is called Old Friends and one is called New Friends. Um, and those are like, I mean, actually they have so many great ones, but New Friends was the song that really just like hooked me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on a real tear now where I'm like getting into new music and, cool. and it feels really cool. So like there's a like a 15 year gap in my music taste where like I listen to everything in middle school and listen to everything now, but, but it's cool. Um, if anyone is listening and has any Rex for me <laughs> I would love to take them or if you want to talk to me about the front bottoms on Facebook <laughs> we can do that too um, I love talking to people about music and I like I'm, I feel very comfortable with the fact that I'm by no means an expert but I am very passionate about the type of music that I like and I I, I very much like the stuff that I like like yeah. I there was a while where I felt like I was like putting a round peg in a square hole and I was trying very hard to like like what was cool or like what my friends liked. And, you know, I, people have said that I have shitty taste in music and they can go fuck themselves yeah. because maybe it is shitty to you, but I love it and it makes me feel great. So, um, yeah, if you have any recommendations and like smaller bands too, like I'm always trying to check out, I always want to be the first, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll settle for the second if someone <laughs> has a cool recommendation, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, maybe I'll steal it. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's cool. Yeah. I, Have you I, heard uh, of the mountain goats? <laughs> <laughs> well, so earlier you mentioned that your sister and you competed a lot. Yeah. Uh, on well, different things. No, okay. Like yeah. As mention, anyone does but, with their siblings. Yeah, yeah. So, but you did mention how dancing and playing music together was like very cool and neutral yeah. in that sense. Is there a song that your sister introduced you to that brings a lot of memories? 
wow. <laughs> or is this your opportunity to put it on record that that she discovered <laughs> you actually have the better taste? Um, I think we have very different taste. Um, I will say that my sister introduced me to Kesha. Okay, yeah. And and then I sort of, I mean, we're four years apart, but that that's a huge divide when like I'm in college and she's in high school. Like yeah. we're listening to very different things and doing very different things. And I remember she was like, you got to check out this song, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started like listening to it and I would play it at like frat parties and stuff. And I was yeah. like, yo, I discovered Kesha. Yeah. You got to hear this girl. Um, and also... Taylor Swift, my sister, I will go to the grave saying that my sister was like one of the first Taylor Swift fans, probably ever. Yeah. Like she loved Taylor Swift. Um, She still does. I, she got me really into Taylor Swift and I, I love Taylor Swift with a big part of my heart. Yeah. Um, and just like even her music, like personality aside, I mean, I love her personality too, but I don't know her. (laughs) Um, but yeah, my sister, she was like, you got to check out this song, like (laughs) our song (laughs) or like, teardrops on my guitar or like something really old school and um we used to drive to like the urban outfitters in new haven mm-hmm. and listen to taylor swift so that's cool it was really good times and um oh fuck there was one more song that i just thought of that i wanted to add to my honorable mentions um oh no it's gonna drive me crazy oh no a feedback of truck stop poetry by Lagwagon. that was a big one um what were we just talking about the office songs and listening to oh no children by the mountain goats that's what it was Uh, that song really really changed me because i really didn't get it i was like is he being serious does he want them to die (laughs) and like and it just really it was big i don't know i'll have to listen to that later cool um anyway i'm so sorry that i took forever but no this is so much to say i I really enjoyed the conversation whoever made it through this yeah, hey, well. Bless yeah. your little heart. <laughs> yeah, well, they got rewarded, so yeah. that's good. I um, am me. <laughs> I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for Thank you so much for having me. This is, was fun. this is a bomb. I'm going to buy you Thai food now. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right, well, that's a wrap for today. Thanks, Peace everybody. out. Later. Oh. <laughs>